What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 55 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my steadfast companion, the edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, Pete, do you know what we're playing this week? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us today is the Guildmaster himself, the plastic rap prince, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are we doing this week, boys? All right. Pretty All good. Right. We're yep. missing two people, though. We are, but thankfully, you got me back. So it feels like a pretty good trade. You know, I think Andy and Peggy, for me, I- I'd take that trade even on a bad day. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so let's just jump right in. We've got a pretty packed show for you guys this week. We've got tons of reader mail. We've got some really fun news to pick through. And then our main topic this week is going to be some uh, some speculation all about E3 because we got a ton of announcements around that this week. So we've got we got a lot to dig into, and uh, we know Thompson's on a tight schedule this morning. So uh, we're going to start the show off the way we sometimes do by reading uh, what you pals at home wrote in to tell us. So uh, I'm going to kick it over to Sean and let him read. We've got a ton. So we're starting with uh, some emails, right? Yeah, uh, so we're actually going to start with an email from Harris, uh, who has now jumped over to the video game pals. He is no longer... This is the second time he wrote in here, which I'm all about it, man. Keep him coming, Harris. Yeah. Uh, So he says, and it's a doozy, he says, uh, Valve, seriously, I am not holding my breath on the latest news. There has been many bits here and there implying the further development of beloved games Half-Life, Portal, Left 4 Dead, etc. Unless there is an announcement with footage of gameplay, I am not keeping my hopes up. However, if the company does turn out a third installment, whoa, I can imagine how much money it would make upon release. I assume he was talking about the uh, question that we asked a few weeks ago about what gaming company we would like to take over. So, yeah. Um... Do we want to respond? I mean, this is so long. Do we want to just respond to that? or? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say just like, I, I think that's uh, that's an interesting pick. Um, I think we've definitely seen Valve like start to kind of get back into game development. Gabe Newell expressed their desire to start shipping games again. They bought Campo Santo Studios recently. So um, something tells me that some of Harris's wishes are going to start coming true. Whether we get Half-Life 3 or not, we'll fucking see. But uh, right. I think seeing more output from them is probably likely. So good pick. So, regarding Pokemon Generation 8, he says, I like Pokemon. I have been a fan from the beginning, but fell out after Platinum. I know it has been a while since then, and I picked up Sun and Moon. I have to say I hated how on the rails it felt. Based on that, I feel the game should have a larger world. The variety is fine as it is, but I don't think coming up with more Pokemon whenever a new edition comes out is a good thing. I took a look at the current number and quality. Ha, I had to laugh at a bunch of them. Possibly, if Pokemon gets a new look, like Breath of the Wild, it would be a welcome change. What I propose may be too ambitious, building upon the conversation you guys had and exploring more things about the Pokemon world. Uh, And then he rambles a little more and then talks about his ideas. Uh, One, a crafting system. It could be for gear that your trainer uses like a monster hunter. Could replace HMs. Making items for your Pokemon more than mindless grinding for the game currency to buy them. It would be a good alternative. Customizing your trainer, possibly your trainer itself gets stats or abilities which interacts with the world along with the Pokemon. I would love to see better options to have you represented in the world as you wish. Uh, Primary thing which is definitely needed is quests. Quests give you nice goals to go after because you can get bored after a while doing nothing but running around and catching Pokemon. 
And then his last suggestion, this is unlikely, but imagine having an entire world to play with. What I mean is for them to try something like what Final Fantasy VII did, where you can travel to different continents and even explore the ocean as a part of the gaming experience. Pokemon can be very abundant as it has been, but you can access them in different regions and terrain. I know what I'm proposing is a lot, as Pokemon is an entry type of game, but I believe it can be pulled off. To a degree, this makes me nostalgic for similar games which I partially explored. An example is Digimon World 3, I believe it was the title. Sean might know what I'm talking about. I do, we used to play that every day together. We would like, (laughs) I'd play an hour, save the game, he'd play an hour, you know, on his account, and back and forth. Yeah. it had a bunch of stuff crammed in it, which I believe Pokemon might benefit from. I do realize it sounds more of a console title rather than a handheld release, but seeing a Switch, it can be done. The Switch has made console games as a mobile option. Thank you, Harris. Uh, yeah, thanks for it, in, Harris. We always love hearing from you on both shows. Um, and I, I think you make a lot of strong points. Um, I think some of the things I'd like to tackle there was just... Uh, you mentioned the thing about replacing HMs. I don't know if he misspoke and maybe he meant TMs, but HMs have been replaced as of Sun and Moon uh, through the um, Pokemon Ride feature, which is something that I thought was very effective and I'd like to see return moving forward. Um, but the idea of a crafting system, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't personally like crafting systems very much, but I think The Legend of Zelda did a really good job of showing you how a crafting system can be um, accessible while also being really deep. You know, they don't tell you any of the recipes in the game. You're not really required to um, engage with it at all if you don't want to. But it does incentivize you to explore, to collect things, to uh, to basically, like, explore all the things that have been given to you, right? And Or all the things that they've taken the time to create to populate the world with. And it incentivizes you to go and explore more nooks and crannies. And I think... Um, having a system like that is, is a really good idea, and that's not something that we tackled when we when we discussed it in our episode. Um, so I think that's really cool. I also really like the idea of trainer stats. Um, I think that plays really well into the idea that we explored um, and Peggy really liked about having the ability to play as, like, different kinds of trainers. Like, if you wanted to be a trainer who wants to be the very best, like, cool, but if you want to be, like, a ranger or a breeder or something else, like, you could have... Um, side quests that deal with that stuff that feed into those other stats which can then maybe benefit you if you decide you do want to become like a master or whatever right like if you go through the breeding route you're able to breed Pokemon with better IVs or you're able to you know get certain egg moves unlocked and just fun stuff like that I think that's a great idea and I think having a a more well realized character development system would be really cool Um, and then like he said better ways to represent yourself that's always been a problem with Pokemon I mean they only added the ability to change your skin color like a game ago um so yeah like i've always been super bummed that there's not a palette where i can pick my hair color because it's like i don't ever have brown hair you know like i i want to be able to look like me um and that's an easy thing to do um and i think especially in a game where you are supposed to be playing as yourself like giving me the most options to represent myself through like style and you know how i want to play uh is only going to make that experience better yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I was definitely down on the idea of changing Pokemon up too much, and I still am, but I don't think that a lot of these ideas would really um, would really impact that new player experience. I think that 
Um, they would add more for people who've been in it for a while. And if you're new to the game, um, I don't really think that any of this is too crazy. Uh, I like, I think, um, a lot of it's pretty standard now, you know? Right. Uh, I definitely love the idea of quests and Pokemon. I like the idea. I mean, Pokemon games have, you know, there's a linear story, right? And you, you do the quest to get through the story, but I think side quests that offer you, you know, certain kinds of bonuses. The problem is that in Pokemon games, the rewards are always money, TMs, or new Pokemon. And even then, that's pretty rare. So they would need to, they would there would need to be different kinds of rewards. But I definitely think that you could implement more, most of these suggestions and not hurt the gaming experience too much. I have to say that, man, I think even with what you're talking about, like, I think some of those things as rewards would work. Like, I think, like, having side quests where it's like, oh, like, I'm incentivized to do this side quest because I might get a cool Pokemon that you can't find in the wild by doing this quest, you know? Or if you like, have the trainer they... stats, I mean, you could just get, like, you know, if this is my breeding quest line, you know? whatever something yeah, like that right like that's a great point like you get like skill points or something it's like oh if you do this side quest your breeding stack goes up you know and that will that will give you the ability to eventually unlock those egg moves or or better stats or better whatever or quicker egg hatching or stuff like that you know and i feel like if uh the side quests were built around either getting you stuff that you could only get from doing the side quest or just building out your character more i i think that would totally work well, that, that to me makes a lot of sense. The idea of the side quests uh, primarily leaning you into whatever it is that you want to be in the game. Like, yeah. like you said, like what if, you, if, you, if your goal is to catch them all, having better skills at catching Pokemon would, would help, obviously. If it, yeah, so, like getting like a perk that like increases like uh, Pokeball's efficiency or something like that. Exactly. Or if your goal is to be a master um, Pokemon battler, then you can get bonus points to what, your crit chance, whatever the hell, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of very cool options in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I, 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 that to me is my number one request for Pokemon moving forward is open the world up a little bit and give us more side stuff to explore. That's, that's optional. Um, I think the one the one thing I kind of uh, take umbrage with is the idea of like the entire world to explore. I like that as a concept, and we talked about that a little bit in our Gen Eight episode. But I do think that that's there's there's like some problems that kind of come up when you want to do something like that because I think not having it focus on a region uh, limits like how deep you can go. You know, like the, a thing I like about every time you get the new Pokemon region is like, oh, like, they're doing, like, Hawaii. Like, I, like how are they going to explore that culture? You know, how are they going to explore that uh, that biology there, like, that ecosystem? And and what can they do to represent that through Pokemon and, and the people who live there, you know, and their relationship to Pokemon? And I think that's super cool. And uh, I have a hard time seeing... Well, I, I guess you could do something like that where you're, like, a jet setter or whatever and you're just going to these different cities, but I don't know. I, I like the idea of focusing on regions and really getting, like, uh, a flavor of that local, local culture. I think, if anything, if they were going to do something like that, I'd like to see them do that with, like, expansions, maybe? You know, like... Or, like, the MMO played... is never going to come out. <laughs> something like that, I think, would be cool, yeah, but I, I wouldn't want that to be Gen 8. I'd want that to be its own thing. You know? That'll be the last Pokemon game they ever make. They can't do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Everything's all at once. 
You're done. Yeah. That's they it. They make Pokemon a, uh, a games as service. It's just always on, just releasing. Oh, we discovered a new species. You gotta go to this other. Yeah. I've wanted that, like that since online gaming first came out, but it wouldn't make them. It wouldn't make any financial sense to do so because then they couldn't put out a new Pokemon game. So. Um, Could move so, those 3ds's. Yeah. <laughs> Moving over to YouTube, um, we got a comment from Jeff Wisniewski on the Battletech Defiance review, um, or Battletech slash Defiance review. Having played the game for 48 hours so far, not done with the story yet, I think a lot of the complaints about how long things take is overblown a bit. Hell, I've seen people give it negative reviews just because it's turn-based. Either way, the devs have said in an AMA that they are currently working on performance fixes as well as options to speed the game up. We also want... Oh, yeah. Is this... No, okay, yeah. So that's that's his comment. Yeah, I, I beat the game now after, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. I'm, I'm probably sitting around like 60 or 70 hours of it. And I even did a few online matches with a couple of friends and just, you know, steam, random steam people. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it takes too long. I think if you know the series, if you know turn-based games, you have an expectation of the length. And I don't think this is egregious in any way. Uh, you can, I've found out since Andy asked me, turn off the cinematic versions of things. So when you're moving, uh, you know, the chance of one of your four guys at zooming in just to like cinematically show him like kicking some rocks over and walking over here or whatever, uh, you can turn that off completely, which, you know, chops a couple seconds of time here or there. Same for enemy things. And even I think some battle animations can be cinematically turned off. Um, you won't miss mm-hmm. anything. It just won't take the time to like make a deal out of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I still didn't do that and I beat the game and uh, you know, a lot of the times when those little things are happening, I'm just using it to plan my next, you know, move or something because there's a million things going on and, and you know, there's just a lot of planning in that game. Um, you can take one wrong step and you can pretty much, you know, screw yourself. So I don't think it's that bad. And I have seen those reviews too where people just say like, oh, you know, it's it's it's, it's so long, like my turn, you know, five minutes later. It's, it's like, no, no, it's not five minutes later. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you sit there and wait forever, it'll take that long, sure. But I think they're, they're overblown as well. And, uh, Hairbrain Games is a is a pretty good studio. I think you can trust them. They've they've made every game they have very polished in the long run, so it's pretty good. Cool. Good. Cool. Uh and then what what kind of name is this? I, I can't uh how do you It's like Russian. I'm like really not sure how to pronounce it. Um but it looks like the first name might be Rob. Dude, I don't know, but somebody left a uh, very nice comment that we wanted to point out to uh, on our Pokemon Genate wishlist episode. Um, and they made tons of um, posts on DeviantArt about their the hopes for music and gameplay in Gen 8. So go check that out if you're interested. Um, again, that's on our Pokemon Gen 8 wishlist episode over on YouTube. Um, so now... Moving, Thanks for posting. Yeah. Moving over to uh, Marco's random question. Uh, he's, Wait. Yeah? So that means... Does that mean it's time? Is it time yet? I guess. It's time for the random question of the week! Uh, so... Proceed. (laughs) Nice. Mr. Marco here for another random question. I already hate it. Um, I get enough of Marco on one show. I don't really need him infecting the other show that I do to get away from him. Alrighty, pals, pick your favorite side-scrolling fighter, Smash, Injustice, Tekken, etc., and now add one character of your choice to be playable in-game. Who would you pick and why? 
That's all the time I've got for you this week. See you next time for another random question of the week. Thank you, oh. Marco. Please excuse any typos or autocorrections sent from iPhone. Thank you, Marco. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Marco. Hmm. So, any character to add to any fighting game? It's tough. That's tough, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. tough. It's tough because, like, so my gut reaction is to start with Smash because, like, I feel like Smash games have legs. So, like, getting a, a character in a Smash game, like, you're gonna you're gonna be spending a lot of time with that character over the years, you know. Whereas, like, for like. I know, like, Sean's still playing Injustice, but, like, for me, Injustice was kind of, like, a game that, like, it came, I had a couple months where I was playing it, and now, like, you know, I probably won't play it again for a long time. So, you know, my, my thought definitely goes to Smash, and I've had a lot of, like, picks for that over the years, so, but if I had to pick one, I think I'd go with Shovel Knight. Huh. Uh, I think Shovel Knight is a natural pick. For, for Smash, like, obviously I love Shovel Knight, I'm biased, like, I'm a big fan of the game and the character, but, like, he has a lineage with Nintendo, you know, the games were released on 3DS and Wii U first, before they came to other platforms, he has an Amiibo, um, like, it was one of the, like, when they, when they did the, um, the, like, Master Collection or whatever, that's the deluxe version of the game, it came out on Switch first, so Shovel Knight has lineage with Nintendo. He has, or uh, Yacht Club has a, a, a good relationship with Nintendo, obviously. So I feel like he, it's a match made in heaven, you know? And he was heavily rumored to be a DLC character for, uh, for the last Smash. So I'm really hoping he makes a cut this time around. Sounds right. Uh, I'm going to go with a character who I think has gotten the shaft uh, <laughs> three different times. When it comes to fighting games. And that's Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Crash. I was surprised he wasn't in Brawl. I was very surprised he wasn't in PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Um, that was criminal. And then I, I, I thought. Fucking Activision man. I thought alright. He's 1000% in Smash 4. Because it's Crash. And they've they, they've got to put him in, and then he didn't make it. They put it in. Cloud in it. The game has Mario, Ryu, Sonic, Cloud. Like it has every almost every mascot. Mega Man, Mega Pac Man, Pac Man. The only guy that you can really look at is Crash. And at this point, I feel like like Vector Man might make it in before Crash does. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what's going on? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Fucking Vector Man. I'm actually a big <laughs> fan of Vector Man, so Shout I remember that. That, yeah. that, game's, that game's cool, man. Yeah. Uh yeah, dude. I, I think that's a great pick and I and one I think is very possible. You know, especially now that Crash is coming to the Switch. Yeah. So knock on wood for that one. That would be dope. <laughs> so what th- about you this is like near impossible for me because like everything I every character I've really truly loved was in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And then like a smash along the way has had every character like solid snake was like my dream and then he showed up and then he got taken away so like that sucks womp, womp. um yeah right and then like little like seriously uh cloud was another one i was like holy shit i can't believe that you know i had always thought that that was like a match made in heaven for me like a final fantasy character he's representative of the series and stuff and i mean they've they've pretty much done everything that i want 
Uh, the only thing I think that hasn't happened was maybe Mega Man X hasn't happened in like any game that I know of. He would be he would be a cool skin. Oh well, no, he's, he's in, in uh, uh, Marvel Ultimate. Yeah. Oh, I didn't the play new one. Right? I didn't play the new one. Damn. Yeah. Well, see, see, I, I don't have a pick then. <laughs> you guys are killing me here. I would have said Psylocke <laughs> again, but she's in two and Marvel's Capcom two, and like I haven't seen her in a long time. I love her. Um, you know, uh, or or X. Like apparently he's in the new one. Um, Shit, I mean, like, we even got Dragon Ball Fighters. Like, I got one. I got you know? one for you. I got one. I got one for you. Yeah. Simon Belmont, Smash. Uh, Not Simon. Um, uh, Alucard. And then and then we'll do it, you know. Because it's Symphony right, of the fine. Night, you know. It's my favorite one, so. Uh, but yeah, shit. What the hell. We'll throw, we'll throw Alucard in. Yeah, he could fit, actually. I mean, why not, right? Castlevania's close enough to a Smash I've always game. Said, I've always said it should be Simon because Castlevania was, like, a premier fucking NES oh, yeah. Super Nintendo franchise, you know? I mean, I just um, like Alucard more, but, but Simon know, does fit just, better. Yeah, so that, that's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. it's your pick, man. You can pick whatever you want. Alucard, because I'm edgy. <laughs> we know. Dracula spelled backwards is his son. It's stupid. Oh, also, I, I did want to point out, last week when you guys busted Thompson's balls for Bloodstained, like, you guys are all laughing your asses off oh, at yeah. him. And he's just like, it's a real game! Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and it's like, that's a real game. I believe it's a real game. It's just crazy that Thompson's dream game is called Bloodstained. Like, Bloodstained! Ritual the of the Night. And then, you yeah, know, Ritual of the Night. Bloodborne, you know, and all them. Like, I fucking love this blood game, so... Too much. I can't think of anything I enjoy with blood in the title. Like, you haven't tried Bloodborne yet. No. <laughs> Bloodborne, Blood Rain, Blood. Stain. Oh, Blood Rain was fun. Blood Rain was the my, where my mind immediately went, and I was like, not a fan. Uh, well, the movie <laughs> was bad, but the games are fun. You got to kill Bloody Nazis. Roar. Like, what's bad about that? Well, I mean, that's fine. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't think I've ever engaged with anything called bloody. Damn. You haven't Blood lived. Blood Bowl. No, don't even know what that is. It's it's, it's a good a, uh, sport game, actually. It's like a, it's like a Warhammer tabletop game, but it's football. It's basically but it's rugby, with, like, but everyone shit. can die. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't think of it now. That's not the random question this week. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you guys want to let us know uh, what. Super, you know, not Super Smash Brothers. That's just where we went with it. If you want to let us know what fighting game characters you'd like to see added to your favorite fighting games, uh, you can let us know in the comments down below, or you can write into the show at thevideogamepals at gmail.com and hear your thoughts right on the air, just like all these people did. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll read them. So uh, you can also uh, follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date with all the stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. Uh, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to Wizard World this week, so Sean and I will not be on the show next week, but you can follow along on both Twitter and Instagram and uh, keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing. We're going to be interviewing a ton of celebrities, comic book creators. Uh, we're going to be making some some fun videos. We're gonna, I think we're going to try doing a vlog series or something. So lots of cool stuff that you're going to want to keep up with. So check it out. And, uh, you know, come hang out with us. And uh, while I've got you here, if you're an audio listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you guys would give us a like on your platform of choice. Or if you really want to help the show out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a rating. Uh, if you're a YouTube listener, you can do us a solid by liking the video, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, clicking the bell if you are a subscriber so that you're notified whenever these videos go live uh, because YouTube is on fire. And last but not least, you can share the show with your pals. Uh, let them know that we're out here and you're enjoying the show and you think they might too. And uh, as Sean likes to say, it helps us a lot more than it costs you. That's right. So that's, that's the best way you can help out the show.
So, with that, it's time. F- Wait, fuck. What do I usually say here? I miss the show for one week and I don't remember my own thing. Oh, I guess that means it's time for... The news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. All right, so we've got uh, a lot of stuff on the news uh, list this week, like six items, but there's some meaty ones here. Um, So in one of the most surprising crossover announcements I've ever seen, Thanos the Mad Titan himself is now in fucking Fortnite. Like, what? What? All right, so he's there for a limited time, and apparently it's awesome. Uh, As of May 8th, the Infinity Gauntlet limited time mashup mode will see the Infinity Gauntlet added to the game's standard Battle Royale mode as an item. So whoever is able to find and equip the Gauntlet will be transformed into Thanos and get, you know, basically all the powers of the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I've linked down to a Polygon article down below if you want to check out a breakdown of, like, what the actual moves look like and everything. Um, but it's, you know, it's what you'd expect if you're wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, so apparently this came because the Russos are, like, huge fans of Fortnite. And they just, like, harassed, uh, Donald Mustard, who's the, uh, creative director of Epic Games until he put him in the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So uh, I've got a quote from uh, from Joe Russo, who was talking to uh, EW or Entertainment Weekly, and uh, he uh, he said this: Over the past few months, while we were editing Infinity War, we take breaks to hop on and get in a few games, and then we started thinking, how cool would it be to have some kind of Avengers Fortnite mashup? So we stalked Donald. <laughs> So this is obviously really cool. Um, all the hands-on impressions I've I've seen about it seem overwhelmingly positive. So uh, if you're like us and haven't jumped on Fortnite, it seems like a great time to jump hey, on the bandwagon. I played this. Oh, you've played this? Yeah. I mean, I didn't get the oh, gauntlet, dude. but I got trashed by it a couple of times. That was fun. <laughs> so you what know? was it like? Uh, I mean, it's just like regular Fortnite, but there is a Thanos out there, and he's got like a health bar that shows up like a boss. So like when someone gets it, um, oh, everyone knows dude. that like there's one out there now, and like you have to pretty much work together you you are dead if you i don't know maybe there's a player out there that's really good enough to just like one shot this guy or some shit like punisher <laughs> you know sitting across the map and it just fucking wrecks him mm-hmm. but i highly doubt that you have shields and health like through the ass and you got abilities and you know come on it's the fucking infinity gauntlet so um i played like three rounds of this in particular and um which isn't that much but you know it's enough to have seen it pop in and it's terrifying as all hell so i mean it's really fun if you i mean I only played Fortnite a little bit before this, and this makes me want to play it a lot more, you know? Like, mm. way more than the original game. So, um, I hope there's more things like this, man. This was a blast. I actually uh, wanted to play this, but I spoke to a few of my friends, and they were telling me that um, <laughs> that Thanos got nerfed pretty bad. Oh, I haven't played since that. Yeah. yeah, I heard there was a nerf, but I have not played since. To where if you get Thanos, it's almost worse to be Thanos than to not. Oh, Shit. Yeah. that sucks. Yeah, I so played then, it when it like first came in, man. It was rough. <laughs> and also, whoever gets Thanos should be able to just eliminate half of the player base immediately. I, I Dude, would hope, yeah. It would be so cool if that was like an ultimate. You know, like it would be like if you get like a, like a chain kill or something, then you can just be like, bop, knock out half the people or like a timer, you know, like yeah. you get it. And then like instead of the circle closing, just half the players die. Yeah. That'd be so unfair, though. You know, like if you're just. Well, I mean, he throws that's... a fucking meteor. So like, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to me, that's really fun. Like imagine yeah, being is. one of the survivors like, oh, man, yeah. I live now. 
you know and then but after after that happens it's over so then it's like okay i lived now we're down to the last you know i i feel like if if he did this snap and it was like a thing where like it instead of like like the circle closes and they do like a cutscene of the snap real quick and then like you just start seeing your character disintegrate and you have like 30 or 45 seconds to like run around and do stuff like that, that would be really be, cool yeah I, I i could i would fuck with that yeah. um so yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, I like you, Thompson. I, I definitely have wanted to jump into Fortnite. I, I downloaded it, but I haven't made the plunge. And uh, Sean, I know last week you said you wanted to try and jump into some battle royale games. You, dude, you, you should like do a video of this or something. Like even if it's fucking nerfed to shit, like let's just do it and fucking go wreck Thanos. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, like I think this is more fun than other Fortnite, which you know, like it's not bad in any way. I just I think this is way better, you know, or at least it was. Cool. I don't know about the nerf. Yeah. Right. So yeah, maybe maybe you'll see a pals play of this one next week because Thompson and I don't know what the fuck we're playing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea of having like a boss character in like a battle royale is really interesting too. Like there hasn't been a battle yeah. royale that did that. You know, there like it's one versus everyone, but there is at this point now there's like there is definitely a one in there. You know, and it's like you can see yeah. that that's the big bad guy, and like everyone's still trying to survive. But like having that, like I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like evolve a little bit. How you're on the same team yeah, hunting right. a big thing, but like you don't really know where it is always, and that was always fresh. But you know, I don't know. At least see a battle royale like pull this off as like a, a gimmick, you know, like some kind yeah, of weird like monster the main in thing. there or something, or maybe magic or some shit. Who knows? Hey, if you're listening, well, that's a million dollar idea. Take it's it. It's a free. There's a free one for you. Yeah. I feel like that would be a really fun concept because it's like I like the idea that it's like there's this overwhelming force and like you have to work together to kill it. Yeah. Other, like yeah. if you're picking off other players you're gonna hit a point where you like can't win yeah exactly you know? that's that's how i felt when i was playing like the first game i even played i don't think anyone even found it till like 50 players left and i was like oh we're fucked you know there's, there's no way that's gonna go <laughs> honestly like thanos wins yeah it's like most of the games i just felt like that but hey maybe the nerf is really serious i don't know yeah well let's check it out so, uh, speaking of announcements, Moscow-based dev Mundfish has dropped a trailer for their new game, Atomic Heart, and it looks fucking cool, you guys! I am so about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, before I talk about it, what did you guys think of the trailer? I loved it. Um, it It's truly creepy. Uh, so, I, I, I thought it looked... First of all, graphically, this is one of the best looking games I've ever seen to the point where yeah. it's almost creepy how good it looks and then you add on to the fact that the, that there are robots in it that are murderous but don't look murderous that is to me that's worse than Terminators because nice. yeah. Th- there's uh, the, you're supposed to be non-threatening <laughs> right exactly and that that's just too much for me to handle um, but yeah this game looks phenomenal it's definitely in the spirit of Bioshock, um, which and like Fallout, yeah, which I really, really love. Uh, I've been waiting for another, you know, a reason to jump back into to a game like that, and this is a perfect opportunity. It, it looks like everything I want in a game right now. It's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, dude, yeah, this man. is this is one thousand percent my level. I mean, I know you guys didn't play the Metro series, but um, since it takes place in Russia, uh, <laughs> it does it, have a it Metro has like vibe. a. a specifically kind of you know metro feel that i you know uh really really enjoyed about that game man that that was a very fun you know very tight ride and um it's just unique there aren't a lot of games set in that kind of setting exactly yeah like even this other game that wasn't that great singularity was just like 
like Russian right. super science stuff, and it was a first-person shooter. And like by all accounts, it was a good game. It just wasn't like mind-blowing. But that aesthetic is beautiful when it's done right. You know, um, like the Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl game. Um, weird game and kind of hard and old, but like it's fucking fun, man. It's amazing. You know, and like this game too. Uh, it gives me that feel like right off the bat that we're we're in for something special. You know, like like you guys said, the yeah. Bioshock feels there, and even the Fallout feel. And I I love those two series like very dear to my heart, but. Um, combining it with that that other aesthetic like i'm really happy it's not just like some american testing facility out in the midwest or something uh i, I guess you could say generic now because it's been done before it's not even generic it's you know? just we've seen like we are it's like we've um, seen it's it, like that you know it's like that seinfeld joke right it's like we already have a george yeah exactly like we already have a bioshock yeah. we already have a fallout yeah we don't have something like this yeah this and is something great. that does similar shit to it but in a unique fresh setting that's awesome Every, you know and like it doesn't yeah. What I like about it, it doesn't look like either of those games. It feels like them, right? Yeah, you right. know, and it's like that's cool. It looks like it's very the atmospheric. Up, the these the, like even the enemies, like like the robots and everything, were built in such a way to usurp some expectations. You know, like everything about yeah. it looks more um, well, like theme parky and like you know, kind of like jovial on the outside. And that's what I yeah, really loved yeah. about Bioshock. You know, that like it always looked okay on the surface, like funny you're underwater yeah. but you know um we're in the sky those but. like twinges of normalcy right you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. like you're like walking around in bioshock and then you hear like the vending machine yeah. and it would always scare you just like the welcome <laughs> to the circus of value come back when you've got yeah. more money buddy but, yeah right and, you know but you just hear like the ching and you're just like oh fuck yeah. like <laughs> so that this looks uh, fucking great you know i mean the trailer yeah. was was really good too for especially for like the first thing i saw this game in like you come out strong for that you know dude and that's the thing right so so here so let me get into the the story i wrote about it right so the the game was originally teased back in july and i don't remember seeing this at oh all. i don't either like no. i have not heard anything about this game and i know it would have been on my radar so but yeah so like in case you haven't gathered it from what we're saying, it's like a Soviet era, you know, Bioshock vibe kind of game, um, which fuck doesn't that sound cool? Uh, and it's, you know, first person shooter. We've got a alternate like uh, past or alternate history kind of thing. It's supposed to be set in the 60s to 70s. Um, the main character is a, a guy named P3, who's a special agent of the Soviet government. He's set to, uh, sent to investigate this facility called uh, number 3826 after it goes off off the grid uh in the trailer we saw robots we saw zombies we saw clown robots weird tentacle fucking monster and a fucking yeti like i don't know what the fuck's going on but i'm in i'm fucking in bro as soon yeah. as pre-orders go live fuck it i'm in dude this, this looks yeah. amazing this jumped up um, my radar so fast so quick and <laughs> And it's uh, it's just interesting because like I've never heard of Munfish before. Like no, I was look, no. trying to look him up, couldn't really find anything. Like I haven't really heard of any like Russian video game developers like in general. Like I never really knew there was a game development scene there. And the fact that this looks so high quality, I'm just like, where the fuck did these guys come from? As you know, as weird as it is, man. Like I find myself finding a ton of these weird Russian games on Steam all the time, and like you know. I really love them, man. They got heart to them. I gotta, I gotta admit, a lot of them um, don't have the, the like graphical quality of some something we'd have, but they're like ingenious in how they're put together. You know, like mm. just give them some limitations. It seems like, like, like the game development scene over there seems to be starting to really kick off. You know what I mean? Because like, 
I think Gaijin is Russian as well. Like they do the War Thunder game and everything, and it's just like, mm-hmm. man, they're they're fucking huge now, you know? Um, yeah. To see something like this is great, though. This is like one of the really big like AAA fields that like I kind of want, you know, to come out of that because you know it's really fresh, man. It's really and it's cool. just like it's exciting to see new blood, right? That's what like I mean, it's yeah. like, it's exciting to see this game that looks this cool and not have it be from Ubisoft yeah, or yeah. Bethesda or it's like who the fuck are these it's guys? Like the, like, the Witcher, and what you the know? fuck? Yeah, the Witcher was just right, like right, it's like exactly. who are you guys? And now you made three of these and they're great and you know you you yes. just set yourself who's this, right in there. Who's this random little like Norwegian or not Norwegian? <laughs> where are they from? Polish. Um, Poland, yeah. yeah, this random little Polish developer, and then all of a sudden they're CD Project Red. Right, so know? that's that's so, what I mean. You know, it's like yeah, this is this is one of those games that looks like it's definitely got the the love behind it to make it something really great. You know, and the chops, the chops too. Yeah, especially man, hey, if this if this trailer is as good as anything, like most trailers come out, like don't even look close to this. So, you know, yeah, yeah. it's good. Uh, it's it's like. I wouldn't normally put a trailer for a game that we've never heard of in the news breakdown. But I, know. I was like, this looks hype and I want people to know about it's it. It's so. something special. Please check it out. Yeah, so Atomic Heart is going to be available on PS4, Windows, and Xbox One, uh, but no release date other than like a vague 2018. So um, I wouldn't hold your breath for that unless we hear about it in the next couple months. E3? Probably a 2019 game. Yeah, right. Could come out at E3. Who knows? Maybe we see it on, on stage somewhere. You never know. So, uh, fingers crossed on this one. Very, very much looking forward to it. We'll keep you posted. Uh, so speaking of games that still seem a ways off, Sony's struggling first-party zombie game Days Gone will grace the cover of this month's Game Informer, which means we're finally going to get some substantial inter- information about what the game actually is, you know? Um, Sony Ben's current AAA effort has definitely, uh, I think, been kind of the... been suffering some bad press. And not bad press, but just like disinterest right like it's it's another zombie game it's whatever and like you know based on what what we heard here from from game informer just teasing the coverage sounds like sounds like we might we might be hearing some good stuff uh so this is from their post about the about the cover and about their their upcoming month of coverage about the game uh similar to what they did with spider-man last month uh so they wrote Does the world really need another zombie game? That's one of the many questions we had before heading to Sony Ben's studio offices in Oregon to check out Days Gone. After spending a couple of days playing the game and gaining a deeper understanding of what the studio is trying to accomplish, we came back with an enthusiastic yes. Uh, mm, Okay, sorry, I got got lost (laughs) in that. Uh, You face a massive undead threat, but they're just part of a dangerous open world ecology. Virtually everything in this dark vision of the Pacific Northwest wants to separate you from your life. Fortunately, you have the tools you need to survive, including your fully upgradable motorcycle. In the June issue of Game Informer, we packed 14 pages with exclusive details and developer insight from that trip, including an extensive look at how Sony Bend is working to breathe life not only into the zombie apocalypse, but open world games in general. Sony has shown off Days Gone at E3 over the past couple years, but we didn't fully appreciate what Sony Bend is doing until after we played it ourselves. We learned more about the game's biker protagonist, Deacon St. John, his broken world, and experienced some of the brutal lengths he's willing to go in order to keep his friends safe. We also have a better understanding of how exploration, story, and action interlock to tell what could be one of the genre's most consistent narrative experiences. Hmm. That is high praise. Hmm. Um, and they're not, I don't think they're blowing smoke up the game's ass because when they wrote about Spider-Man in the exact same post or similarly styled post last year, they didn't say anything quite as glowing. 
You know, they said nice things. They talked about how stylish it was, how how great it was, how incredible the amount of control you have over the, um, you know, the swinging is. But they didn't say that it was one of the most consistent stories in the genre. You know, like, that's yeah. high praise. For a zombie game, uh, you don't, you know, I mean, even State of Decay had, you know, a great gameplay loop and everything to it, but it didn't have a narrative experience. I mean, they told you a story, but it was kind of like, there if you could you know like it's another zombie yeah, story pre- right precisely that was not the focus and that's that's pretty good like the last of us threw me for a loop because it's not zombies but you know they're, they're close right so it was kind of like, like it is it, like it, it, they're close yeah it, it, but it, that's what i mean like to get that narrative uh out of something like that where i thought you know hey it's just a zombie game at first and you know it, it just you know took me for such a ride and i'm really glad that you know and I don't want to ever see a game fail or anything, but like, yeah, you're said, man, there was no enthusiasm for this. Uh, I'm really glad that we get anything about this because I, yeah, all I see about this game mentally is like, here's the 4K demo of it at whatever Sony thing that they had, <laughs> repeatedly saying like, and it's 4K, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I know, but like, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> but show though. me more of the game. Yeah. So other than like, I know it's got zombies and it's specific, you know, um, it's it's good to hear, you know, it's really good to hear that it's got, especially like you said, the narrative experience, man. It's it hooked me, you know. So <clears throat> we've established on this show that I hate pirates, right? Yes, yes. Well, what I don't hate are zombies. I love <laughs> zombies. I think zombies are fantastic. Uh, I'm not a part of the group of people who are over and done with zombies um, necessarily. Uh, I think that there's. I, I mean, I haven't played like a ton of zombie games. Um, in fact, I think the only zombie game that I can think of that I've played off the top of my head is Left 4 Dead. So Resident Evil. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's so old, though. I, I, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, the last Resident Evil game that I played I, I was Resident Evil 4. So that's a long time ago. Um, but now, obviously, there are probably people who've played every fucking zombie game, you know? Close um, enough. <laughs> Trust me. So, you played Metal Gear Survive. You've played every fucking yeah, one. close enough. <laughs> so, if the game is good, and, I mean, if Game Informer is saying that it's worth your time, there's a great chance that I, I will try this. Because um, I've, I've always wanted to play a very good story based zombie game uh that uh presents zombies in a way that's not uh i don't know tropey you know uh there yeah. are obvious tropes that people go to with zombies and i like to see those avoided you know so if this game really does bring something new and fresh to the table i don't see any reason not to get it uh but i guess it depends on what else is coming out around it for me that never matters as much because if I want a game bad enough, I'll get it, even if it's yeah. not necessarily exactly when it releases. So I'm not worried Same. about that. If the game is good, people will buy it. I agree with that. And uh, personally, I'm just excited to see the opportunity for there to be some hype around this game because I've been banging the drum for it since they announced it. You know, like I'm – you guys know me. I'm a Sony fanboy. I, I, I really, really like their first-party offerings in general. Um, and like, these are my kinds of games, you know, third person action story driven games are, that's my bread and butter. Like if I can choose a game to play, like that's what I want to be playing. Um, and that's what Sony does better than anybody right now. 
you know, between God of War, Horizon, uh, even Bloodborne, stuff like that. Like that, maybe not story driven in that case, but th- that's that's their kind of wheelhouse when it comes to exclusives lately. And uh, and I'm all about that shit. Um, and I I've thought this game has looked good from the beginning. You know, I'm with Sean where I. I'm not um I'm not either extreme with zombies, right? I'm not an extreme zombie person, but I like zombies and when they're done well, I think they're really fun and they can be a really like um great way to explore a lot of different uh themes, yeah. right? Like that post-apocalyptic kind of scenario, uh humanity, what are you willing to do to survive? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh it's compelling, you know? Uh it's good it makes for good drama. And I think, um, based on what we've seen, I've always been blown away by Days Gone. I, I, I think Sony Bend is a studio that has great pedigree. They've made some really good games that have been really underappreciated. And um, I'm really nervous about this game. Because I think if this game isn't a success, I see that studio getting closed down. Because they've constantly been what the Sony studio that's like, oh, right, and Bend. You know, like, they're right on the cusp of being, like, a naughty dog or a sucker punch, but they're just, they've never quite had that success, and they've never had, like, their franchise that really left a mark, you know? Um, like, Gorilla finally did, because even with Killzone, right? Killzone was Killzone. Horizon is a big fucking deal, Yeah. you know? It's like, Sony Santa Monica became really relevant again now with God of War, like... They can't afford to have Sony Bend spend the... They scrapped a project in between their last game and this game. They've been working on this game for five or six years. If this game doesn't come out and light at least some people on fire, I think it might be the end of Bend. And I don't want that because they're a great studio. And I like... I love that Sony has the first-party muscle that they have. And I want to see them have more and more AAA studios able to crank out games of the quality of God of War, of a Horizon, of an Uncharted. Like... Those are the reason to play on PlayStation. Uh, and I think this game has a tough narrative because it is easily comparable to The Last of Us. People compared God of War to The Last of Us, and it's not like The Last of Us. So the fact that this is a zombie game, it's, <laughs> but I can and it's see open the connections. Sure. Yeah, because, oh, there's a guy and a child. It's no, like, no, yeah, it's like, just sure. the narrative behind it and the direction. Like, you haven't played it, just like the way it's presented to you. Def- trust me. Like, it it feels a little bit like it. I'm not going to lie, man. It really does. All right. Well, <laughs> I think of people. The last, are- I think of The Last of Us when I see God of War, and I've never even played The Last of Us. That's the thing is, so uh, we're, not, we're not here to talk about right, that. Right. My point is, it, it it's not unique in Sony's right. catalog. And that's the problem. Bend isn't a name in the same way these other people are. The Last of Us is an easily comparable thing. It's an open world, third party, or third person, story driven game. So I get it. Like, I get why the narrative is the way it is. But I think this game looks really good. And I really want to see it succeed. And this is the first time that anybody's gotten hands on with it. Period. So even the other personalities out there that I follow who are excited for this game, a lot of them have been like, I'm, I'm done seeing trailers. Like, let me know when you can let me play the game. And I get that. And that's been another thing that's been concerning to me about the narrative around this game. So the fact that we're finally at a point where people are going to get to play it, we're going to get 14 pages of information about it, we're going to get videos, we're going to get gameplay... I think this is the chance for this game to really have a like a big coming out party and show what it's all about and show why you should be excited about it. And we're going to get a release date. 
because that's what happened with Spider-Man. So I imagine we're going to finally figure out where the fuck this game is on the timeline. And I mean, if the stuff with Spider-Man is any indication, like maybe it's a winter game, maybe it's an early 2019 game in the same way that like, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of other games come out there and find that success. That's my, my hope for it. I think if it's a January game, if it's a February game, if it's a March game, I think if this game is as good as it seems like it is, it's going to find an audience and it's going to be able to find some success. That's my hope, anyway. Well, I agree, because uh, it's very salient. I, I think that the more we hear about it that's not a demo, or not a demo, uh, trailer, the better. You know, because at this point, like I said, for me, I don't think of anything past the 4K trailer, you know, that they keep showing, or showed back then. That was forever <laughs> Look ago. at how many zombies we can render! It's like, it's great, but I'd like to know more. All right. So, moon right along. Uh, next up, we've got another Nintendo Rock Block, which is detailing the company's plans for their online service and what they're going to be doing with Virtual Console. Uh, so, for the sake of catching you guys up, I'm going to read quickly from two articles uh, by Jason, what an actual video game journalist looks like, Schreier. All right. So, Nintendo Switch's online service will finally let you back up your saves. So Jason writes, Cloud saving will finally come to the Nintendo Switch with the upcoming online service which launches in September, Nintendo said today. Finally, you won't have to worry about losing all 200 hours you've sunk into Zelda as long as you're willing to pay. Quote, details about this feature will be available before the paid service launches in September, the company said. The Switch's subscription will also give you access to the smartphone app, which is currently free, and 20 NES games. Nintendo had previously said that the $20 a year plan would allow Switch owners to play NES games with online features. Seems like those features will be robust. So here's another quote from the company. Uh, with online play added to every classic game, you can compete or cooperate online with friends, share your screen, or pass the controller, depending on the game. With the Nintendo Switch Online smartphone app, you can also voice chat during your play sessions. You'll also be able to play these NES games offline, Nintendo says. Here's the launch lineup. Uh, so here's the launch lineup. <laughs> uh, Ice Climber, Legend of Zelda, Balloon Fight, Soccer, Tennis, Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros, Dr. Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Donkey Kong. Great fucking lineup. Ooh, that's um, good. <laughs> great. Yeah. So Nintendo says it will reel 10 more of these NES games. So that means we're going to have 20 in full. Uh, as well as more details on how cloud saving will work closer to the service's launch in September. The service makes no mention of a virtual console or of a classic games for any of other Nintendo systems, which takes us into our next story. But before we do that, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? $20 is a really cheap price point uh, for this. Is it 20 thing. a year? Yeah. 20 a year, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that's nothing, dude. I mean... To get all those games? Pretty good. It's a standard now to have to pay for online when you have a console. So my immediate reaction, because I've never had to do that before with a Nintendo console, is, oh, man, do I really want to do that? But it's like, well, I do it for the PS4, so why not? Um, that said, the NES games, for me, don't sweeten the deal. because Really? Yeah, because I feel like these games have been available so many different times uh, that it's like, all right, fine, cool, whatever. I don't really... I'm not terribly interested in that. Um, I, I get it. I get it. You know? It's, it's That's surprising to me, though, because you usually are a guy who likes to play retro games. But I guess, like, these aren't, like, from your childhood, so you don't have the nostalgia for them? I have... Yeah, I have no nostalgia for them at all. Mm. 
And, and but the other thing for me with with Nintendo games, and this is probably just a personal thing, but there are no Nintendo games that I can think of outside of Smash Brothers that I care about being online for. Mm. Well, so for me, it's like it's interesting because I I wouldn't necessarily say that I generally have that opinion of Nintendo, but I've played a lot of online games on my Switch. You know, because um, one of the things that this is going to give you access to is the ability to play the standard AAA stuff online. Well, it's like for me this year, I played a lot of Splatoon 2. I played a ton of fucking ranked arms. I was doing that for like a month and a half where I did it every night. Um, Mario Kart 8 online is really fun as well. Uh, like you said, Smash will be an incentive for that. When you got to imagine when Pokemon comes out, that's going to be a thing. Um, so... I don't, I don't think it's something that I am generally like, oh, I need this. Like, if it was $60, I might be a little bit more hesitant to pick it up. But for 20 bucks, it's like, fucking forget about it. And for me, the retro games are a huge thing because I love retro games. Um, I love I love playing old games, especially like, you know, Thompson and I always like to play them for content. Like, it's always fun to go back and play old school shit. Uh, getting to, like, play these games in, like, a competitive head-to-head mode. I, I could see me and Thompson doing fucking a week for every single one of these games on pals play you know like yeah i'll fucking fight you in tennis for fucking an hour like hell yes um i i I love going back and getting to play those games and having access to them for twenty dollars a month instead of having to pay them pay for them a la la carte 10 bucks a piece it's a great deal i'm about it and like if they're adding new features if they're giving me more incentive to play them i probably will you know, and like some of these, I'll just go back and play just because I like them. You know, it's like I go back and beat Super Mario Brothers every couple of years. You know, um, so having the ability ability to just do that on my Switch, if nothing else is really striking me at the moment, you know, there's never a bad time to fucking boot up Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah. So um, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm into this. I don't know. Like uh, you mentioned, you play a bunch of the things online. Like and Sean said, like there there isn't much to to play. Like I started thinking about it, man. There really isn't any switch games that i would play online you know like i would get the service to get those nes games at this point because mm-hmm. like especially if you're getting our 10 of them uh, it's a dollar a game basically uh the 10 that were already there i think like seven of them uh, i'm pretty into right off the bat so i don't but there's nothing i own on the switch that like really i would want to play online right now like there's i mean i have breath of the wild you know unless that goes online i don't know but I, interesting enough, I sit in the opposite of this, where I think I'm just going to get the service for the NES games. <laughs> like I think that's it, because it's to me that's a steal, you know. I, mean, I think it's worth it for that, yeah. Because uh, like yeah. I have not, like maybe I'll play them online, but there isn't anything I own currently that like even Mario Kart. I just want to play by myself, or you know, for you if we were doing a stream or something. But right. it's not like I don't know. There's like nothing. I don't pick up the Switch and feel like man, I want to like compete multiplayer stuff. You know, like. I do that on the computer. I do that with, like, the PlayStation. Right. Switch just feels like a single-player thing mostly for me, you know? Yeah. I, I agree with that for the most part. But, like I said, like, when the right game came along, it changed my mind. It's true. You know, yeah, like, I guess it with, hasn't with arms, hit me yet. I was deep into that shit for a bit, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, that's, like, I think the game I've put the third most time into on my Switch. Um, and I'm sure if so, Monster yeah. Hunter was, you know, in my possession, I, I probably would have you know, had a different tune on that because, you know, that, that game is online pretty much. So, you know, and, and well, you know, Hey, listen, I speak too soon. Dark Souls Remastered hasn't come out yet because it got delayed. So <laughs> when that happens, I'm going to have to go online on the switch. 
So, That's what I'm saying, man. Mm. And I feel like those games are like Payday Two is coming to the Switch. Uh, they just announced, and I didn't put it in the news list this week because we don't usually do game announcements unless you know I want to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they they announced that new Monster Hunter game on Switch. Uh, where they're doing the one from the 3DS and Wii U and doing an up-res of it for, for Switch. So, like, oh, was it the games uh, 4 Ultimate? Ultimate 4 whatever, I think, 4 Ultimate. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, the things are coming, yes. and there will be more games. And for 20 bucks, it's like, what's 20 bucks? You know? I frequently actually find $20 in the theater I work at a lot. Because <laughs> people leave money behind go. a lot. One Once a year. Uh... And then I will just say it is there is also a couple other pricing options I forgot to mention. Uh, if you want to get it for one month, it's four dollars, eight dollars for three months, and then you can uh, if you have like a family wow. account, they they have a family account that allows for eight memberships based on that one subscription, and it's thirty five bucks. So yeah, even even when you're paying it for eight people, it's about half of it of the competitors. So that's a good look. Uh, so I'm I'm into that. The next story, though, from Jason, uh, I'm a little, little more disappointed about this one. So, in, Virtual Console is not coming to Switch, Nintendo says. So Jason writes, In the wake of news that Nintendo Switch's online subscription service will include a Netflix-like library of NES games, fans have been wondering, is the Virtual Console coming back? The answer to that question is no, according to Nintendo. Quote, there are currently no plans to bring back classic games together under the Virtual Console banner, as has been done on other Nintendo systems, a Nintendo spokesperson told Kotaku in an email late last night. That doesn't mean Nintendo plans to ignore its older games on the Switch, but it does mean that there won't be a dedicated brand for the classics. Nintendo's previous three gaming consoles, the Wii, 3DS, and Wii U, each had their own versions of the Virtual Console, a branded shop with limited selection of classic games from the NES, the Super Nintendo, the N64, and other platforms. You could buy and you guys know how the Virtual Console works. <laughs> um, then he just kind of goes on to point out like there was kind of just the weird stuff of how the library was always fragmented like you know like Final Fantasy 6 was only available on the Wii even though it could have easily run on these other platforms and so it, it, it's, it's strange but uh, he has one more quote from Nintendo here that's explaining what happened. They said, there are a variety of ways in which classic games from Nintendo and other publishers are made available on Nintendo Switch, such as through Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the n- Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Are they <laughs> referencing their OG system as a way to play the games? No, because it says, a variety of there are a variety of ways in which classic games from Nintendo and other publishers are made available on Nintendo Switch, such as through Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo eShop, or as a, or as packaged collections. So I guess they're just That's, trying to say that there's a lot of different ways to get those games that don't require a virtual console. I feel like that means NES, whatever, either way. Yeah, you're right. That is what they're saying, but that's definitely a typo. Uh <laughs> So then they say Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online will provide a fun new way to per- to experience classic NES games that will be different from the virtual console service thanks to enhancements such as audit- added online play, voice chat via the Nintendo Switch Online app, and the various modes of or play modes of Nintendo Switch. Um, and then he points out some of the things like there have already been a bunch of, of classic ports to the Switch. Uh, like they had the Neo Geo arcade stuff that's come. Sega has announced that they're doing that Sega 
classics thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, we have the Mega Man collection, Mega Man X collection coming. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like we're going to be precluded from playing these games. We just won't have the virtual console as we traditionally have had on Nintendo. Uh, so what do you what do you guys think about this? Sean, I saw you were very exasperated when I was explaining this, so why don't you start us off? The virtual console, I spent a lot of time on that, on the Wii. Um, but I gotta say, it's one of the most frustrating things that I've ever experienced. As much as much as I loved it, uh, it was also very cumbersome. The, when the Wii U came out, the fact that I, I don't know if there was a way to transfer the games over, if there was something that I needed to do, I never was- figured it out. You needed to buy cables and plug them into each other, and then you had to boot your Wii U uh, in Wii mode so that you could activate those. It was bad. That's it was bad. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, who's who's got time for all that? I want it to be available and for me to be able to play, and that's it. Uh, so they never really got it right all the way, which is extremely frustrating. On the Wii, it was really good. I really think the Wii was the best implementation of it. It was the best implementation of it, but even then, games came out really slow. Um, yeah. The, the price points were weird. Uh, it just, it, it just, it was, it was fun, but it was frustrating. But the fact that they're not going to try and iterate and implement it here and make it better is just mind-blowing. It's it's mind-blowing. I get the point. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of different ways to play these games now with all these different releases that they've done. They probably don't want to shoot in the foot the idea of releasing more classic consoles like they've been doing. I get all that. And so maybe that's just what it is now. If you want to play those old games, buy an NES Classic. Buy an SNES Classic. But still... You can do that on the Wii and the Wii U. You should be able to do it on the Switch. So I, it's interesting, man, because I, I agree with you. I think the, the one wrinkle in this argument for me of why I, get, why I think I see where they're coming from is I think that when the Virtual Console launched, right, like they were the only ones doing this. You know, Nintendo was the only console manufacturer that was also a video game publisher that had a massive back catalog of video games that they could leverage and partnerships with other publishers. Right. You know, Um, and that was unique at the time. I think now uh, gaming has definitely become, I think, like video games are always nostalgic. But I think gaming has become a little more nostalgic. There has been a major trend over the last couple of years of remasters and, uh, you know, um, like redos from the ground up, you know, like preserving classic games by modernizing them a little bit. And I think looking at what they've done on Switch with like Street Fighter 2, with adding all that online support, what they're planning on doing here by like adding leaderboards, what they did with the Arcade Classics series that they've done on the Switch, where it's very presentational. You know, it's like we want to give you this thing where it feels like you're really playing on the arcade and you can see the cabinet and you can have that whole experience. Or like the Mega Man collection where it's this thing of like there's all these art books and and screenshots and all this and you can sell it for $60 or $40 instead of $10. $10 and you know like from a business perspective I understand why they would rather incentivize those things and be like they don't have to put Capcom in a situation where they're like okay we don't want to put Mega Man on the virtual console because we have the Mega Man collection you know so they're probably thinking all right well why don't we just do the Super Mario Brothers collection 
you know, the Legend of Zelda collection and do stuff like that and uh, and find a way to ideally give us a package that's a little bit more appealing as opposed to just 10 bucks for the game exactly as it was, you know, and like give, give us some of those bells and whistles, you know, give us save states, give us those other little perks that we don't need, but they're nice to have. I get that, but isn't having the $20 service, those perks already, like I'd be fine, you know, like without having to buy the, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a mistake. Don't it's, but maybe know. that's part of it too, though. Right. Is like, if their intention here is to have this Netflix style library of games, like, does it make sense to like, is anyone going to buy it if they have it for free? You know, well, there's only those 20 that are free or 10 right now, but for now, what I mean, what I meant was like, I think for me, especially if I have a switch and I want to play on it, if I want to play something on the switch, regardless of the game, you know, if it's, if it's Mario, uh, Mario Bros. three, whatever they've announced, which one, uh, probably all of them. Uh, it was both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I'm going to want to play on the switch because it's the switch, not because I have the box and I have to hook it up to my TV, you know, like what if I, yeah. you know, it's like, and that's great, but you know, it, it's not why I wanted it on the switch. So I just I feel like, I I'm just think that a little, I just feel like what they're saying, though, is we're getting rid of the virtual console. We're not not putting these games on Oh, Switch. for sure. I think I these games will come to Switch. Oh, they will. You know? I just don't necessarily think it's the smartest idea to partition them out. I mean, like you guys said, like I didn't really mm-hmm. use the virtual console before so because I didn't have a Wii or a Wii U. So like it wasn't an experience I had. So for me, I was looking forward to it. Like, this is cool. Like, I had PlayStation and like Xbox time and like Steam. And it's just like hey, look, I can throw everything in one spot and find anything I want yeah. on these systems and stuff. And for me, Virtual Console seemed like, you know, pretty novel. Like, you know, I haven't experienced it, so it seems cool as hell. Like, I would, I'm would, i looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to that. Um, well, what do you guys think about it, with, like, through this lens? And I, I, we'll move on after this. I, I just want to put this last question out there for you. Um, don't you think it's kind of cool, though, that now when they do make one of these collections, it'll be like an event? Oh yeah, yeah like, for sure. Remember, like when we like we were so excited because they're like, oh, they announced the Mega Man X collection, and it's like a big thing, and we're looking forward to it. It's off in the future, and like it's going to be an event when it comes out, and everybody will be talking about it, as opposed to it just being like, hey, here's the next batch of Virtual Console games. I mean, it's like cool, but I don't think everything can be pushed as that event, you know? Because like That's the Mega Man point. fandom is huge, and you know, and like they're diehards, a lot of them too, so. But I mean, like the Neo Geo stuff's been working in that way, That's where true. they just put it out. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. not as its own thing. It's just on the eShop, and That's you can true. just download the more the less popular games. I don't I know. Guess, but, yeah. but that, but then that—that's the whole point, right? Is like it doesn't need to be an event. You don't. Everything doesn't have to be an event. Some things can just be things that they put out that are cool. Yeah. Uh, and also the Mega Man collection, and you know, all those different things are not from Nintendo. I want Nintendo to give me these things i want them to put out uh the classic mega man uh the classic you know whatever i don't need a collection i just need the game to be there for me to pick it up if i feel like playing it so if we could just get the snes mini and the nes mini and then just somehow get rid of the box and take all that information and shove it into my switch i'm cool (laughs) i mean we didn't report on it but homebrew stuff on switch has begun yeah so throwing a Throwing some emulators on there may be a possibility uh, soon enough. Not so. for me yet. Not until Andy messes his up, then we can have him do it to ours. <laughs> exactly. That's what I told him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So our last two news stories are going to take us into our meat and potatoes this week, all about E3. 
So last Wednesday, uh, Walmart Canada apparently leaked the names of numerous games that could seemingly be making an appearance at this year's E3. Uh, so big ups to our boy Wario64 on Twitter who broke this story. Uh, he originally posted screenshot of the the you know the marketplace. Um, I always like to shout him out because he is a fantastic follow on Twitter. If you guys are on Twitter, follow Wario64. Turn on notifications for your phone. He's always tweeting out deals and like you Copy know. Copy my SNES mini. Fresh- yeah, he got both of us our SNES minis. He, he's got me discounts on tons of games, uh, wow. free codes and shit. He's always putting stuff out there. Um, Man's a hero. And uh, and you can you know he gets a kickback when you buy stuff uh, from from some of his affiliates. So you're helping him out too. So he'll be saving you money and putting it in his pocket. So uh, give him the follow. Definitely well worth your uh, well worth your effort. Um, he has saved me a ton of money. So. Uh, I'm going to just read a, uh, a quote from Anika Malik, who is the director of corporate affairs for Walmart Canada, who uh, said this to Motherboard. So Walmart experienced a technical glitch that allowed certain items to be posted to our website for a short period of time. The items posted were speculative in nature and only game publishers can confirm the announcement of a release. We apologize for any confusion this has caused. Like the gaming community, Walmart looks forward with anticipation to those announcements. Uh... So that's an interesting statement. Uh, I have a hard time believing it totally, but because um, this happens, right? Like businesses have these placeholder pages in place. We get these kind of leaks all the time. Uh, but looking at the games that were listed, some of them seem very plausible. Some of them were like mistakes or like they had typos. Like there was one for. Um, uh, oh my god, what's the big uh, Sony s- racing game? Forza, I think. Forza. And it was like a, it was like Forza 5, and it's like, oh, I don't think so. Um, but some of the ones that were listed that do seem plausible, we had Gears of War 5, Just Cause 4, Borderlands 3, uh, Assassin's Creed, The Division 2, uh, a reboot of Splinter Cell, which has been heavily rumored, Beyond Good and Evil 2, which we just saw more of, Last of Us 2, obviously that makes sense, Final Fantasy 7 Remake could make sense, um, so who's to say, really? But uh, one of the funniest things that came from this was uh, in a response to the leak, uh, which included Rage 2, which is a Bethesda game, uh, Pete Hines, who's the senior VP of communications for Bethesda, tweeted, this is why we can't have nice things. So everyone takes well, that to mean, we'll see Rage 2 at E3, everybody. I mean, <laughs> you don't so- tweet that unless you're either working on it or you got something to show, you know? <laughs> right. So... Seems like we're going to be seeing Rage 2 at the very least. And to me, the fact that that was a legitimate leak points to the fact that at least some of these games we're going to be seeing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I could totally see Just Cause 4. Those games are stupid fun, and they don't have to have, like, a wild story to make them work. Borderlands, it's like it's been a minute since we've seen one. You know, Borderlands has been a while. It, that's that's coming time soon. Assassin's Creed, you that's can always count on. That's been for a couple years. Um, yep. The Division is... I think on its tail end, I could see them popping the second one out to revive it. You know, Splinter Cell, again, yeah, we've been hearing that forever. Uh, I don't see Gears of War happening at all. Like, I think that's... I don't know. I just can't see that I one. I don't know, dude. I know, like, I know. Xbox needs a bombshell, though. But I'm just saying, like, about everyone here, out of in The Last of Us 2, Good and Evil 2, and Final Fantasy Remake, all makes sense because we know they exist. But I, I just can't see Gears 5. I just... Well, you know what? Let's table it. Yeah. That's part of our main topic, so... There you go. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Did you guys uh, ever play well, Rage? Yeah. Side note, did you play Rage? No, no oh, okay. I've heard good things, but... It was it was really fun, you know, I'm 
I'm just uh, I'm surprised it's going to get a sequel because I don't think it deserved a sequel. <laughs> I remember I remember you were telling me that like the shooting was really tight, but oh, that it was yeah. just kind of never really came together otherwise. It's like what if you had like one of the best years ever, but you had like no reason to play it. It's kind of like that because there's like there's no story that I cared about or anything. I just felt like I was running through blowing people down, and it was a blast. But it's like I don't even know what I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, All right, and then our last story before we get into our meat and potatoes discussion about E3 is about Sony's E3 plans, and uh, they're a little bit different than what we've seen in the past, it seems. Uh, So I'm just going to read from Michael McWhorter's uh, article he did over on Polygon. Uh, So Sony's E3 2018 showcase... Take two. You got it. Sony's E3 2018 showcase... Wow, what the (laughs) fuck? God damn it! Showcase will take place on Monday, June 11th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, and we'll have a major focus on four PlayStation 4 games, according to Sean Layden, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment America and chairman of SIE Worldwide Studios. Okay, whew, made it through it, you guys. So he announced this on an episode of the PlayStation Blogcast, which hinted that the uh, you know that their their show this year would be a little different. Um, it was originally not even clear if they would be holding a traditional live like press conference as they have in the years past, because uh, he said we're taking kind of a different angle of how we're bringing it out. Um, at, since then, it seems like it might be a little more traditional, but either way. Uh, so Layton said, the last two or three years to the careful observer. <sighs> I've read like four articles on this show today, and all of a sudden I'm just losing my marbles. To the careful observer, you'll see that we continue to try to refresh and remake and reignite what we do at, uh, at the what used to be called a press conference for E3. We want to make sure that it's fresh and reflects the kind of stories we're telling and the new entertainment we have to give our fans, not just at the event, but worldwide with streaming. Which, not crazy, they stream everyone, like we've always seen that, so... It, but it sounds like they're going to maybe have a more internet-focused showcase this time around. We'll see what happens. Um, but Layden has said that Sony's pre-E3 showing will, quote, feature exclusive looks and deep dives on four big titles from Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Kojima Productions' Death Stranding, Insomniac Games' Marvel's Spider-Man, that's a mouthful, Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part Two, which, like we said, we thought we'd see, and Sucker Punch Productions' Ghost of, Shushi- of Tsushima. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited for that fucking game. Right? We have not heard hide nor hair of that since we got the announcement last last E3. So that's exciting. Um, Then they said that the E3 showcase will also highlight games from PlayStation's third-party partners and independent studios. Uh, Said that there will be no hardware announcements during the show. So uh, (laughs) don't expect the PlayStation 5 or the Vita 2 to be revealed at E3 this year. Oh, boy. Uh, and then as, as I'm sure you're aware, it's going to be broad cl- broadcast on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, live.playstation.com, anywhere that you got to go. Uh, but again, seems like it's a little unclear whether they're going to actually be at E3, which would be fucking insane and unprecedented for them to not be there. But um, it said they will broadcast the live show from E3 2018 in Los Angeles, California, but didn't specify from where. So... So, Could it be interesting to see if they maybe try to pull a Nintendo and they do it somewhere else and then they stream it at E3? I don't know. So, like, assume but, um, that they don't go and assume Nintendo does their thing. Is it just going to be Microsoft just hanging out at E3 with, like, you know, other developers here and there, but really <laughs> just Microsoft hanging out? Well, and you think there's the other major publishers. So, we know Square's like, going to be around, but Bethesda, we're talking but, the big three yeah. here, you know? 
And if two of them are out, I mean, that's that's a weird E3. It's just weird because it's not even that they're out. They're just not there. Yeah, they just there. don't need to be there for it. Are you big enough to not show up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are, yeah, I guess. Yeah, your own events, huh? Yeah, I know. It's cool. I okay. have to get going now. Okay. Um... All right, let's just let's just shoot an out for you then, so you can bounce. What do you want me to say? Um, just gotta go to work, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I'll just do I'll do the lead into the main topic, and then and then we'll break. Okay, Sean. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's gonna take us into our meat and potatoes this week. Uh, it's E three hype and speculation time. Ooh, um, except I have to go. I'm sorry. Womp womp. Yeah, unfortunately, Thompson's got to run. He's got to get to work. Uh, we tried to get him through the main topic beforehand, but uh, obviously, we had a lot to discuss today. All right, um, yeah. Have fun, though. So, I, just, I assume yeah, it's going to be good. It's, it's hype's not my thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't get excited for things. Exactly. Um, all right, yeah. So we'll, we'll let you go. All right, we'll see you next week, buddy. Love you. Take care, man. All right, Sean. So now that that nerd's gone, let's get into the good stuff. Uh, so um, I, I, I just this week, you know, I wanted to take something light. I knew that we were going to be down a couple of the pals and I figured it'd be fun to just, you know, with the E3 announcements, just talk about what are the things that you're most excited about for this year's E3? You know, I think the last couple of E3s have been really kind to us. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to get into that coverage last year. I'm already starting to put together our plan for this year's E3. Um, and there are a lot of games I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know? Um, so I wanted to ask you, what are you most excited to see? What's your one crazy wish list announcement? Like, even if it's impossible, just throw it out there. And, uh, and then who do you think is going to come out and surprise us? You know, who's going to have what's new and, and special? You know, because like we talked about, we already know we know what Sony's bringing to the table. You know, we have pretty strong feelings about what Nintendo's doing. You know, like we know it's pretty much just Smash. There might be some other surprises, um, but who who's got the big reveal? Yeah, I'm not really good at predicting stuff like that. Uh, my mind just doesn't work that way. But I can tell you what I'm excited for. Um, I I'm looking forward to seeing what this new Smash is. You know. If it's a new Smash, uh, you know, what's going on with that? Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that we don't have, you know, terribly long until we find out is crazy. Uh, just because I didn't think that we would be getting a new Smash for at least another year. I thought it was at least a year out. Uh, so if this is really Smash 5, then I can't wait to see it. Uh, I need that question answered. Um, obviously, Spider-Man is another one. I feel like, Hell yeah. you know, I get what Hell that yeah. game is, but it's always nice to see more. Uh, and this is the last time we're going to see it, I think, before I, we get it. I hope. I hope. I don't want to see much more than what they're going to show at E3. So, um, yeah, I'm ready for that. Uh, yeah, that's one game I feel like, uh, just because I want to talk about this one, too, so I figure yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. making me say, yeah. Uh, I feel like that's one of those games where they've shown us, like, just enough. And I think if they give me just a little bit more, like if they reveal like maybe one more villain, I'd be cool with that. I think any more than that, and I'm going to be upset. Yeah, and, it, and it's really interesting because I have so many questions about what this game is in terms of, not in terms of gameplay necessarily, but like you said, who's in it, you know? Whenever there's yeah. a superhero uh, game, you you know who you're playing as, who's the villain? 
You know, yeah. who are you fighting? So uh, we've seen, we know that Kingpin's in the game. Uh, yep. We know that Norman Osborn's in the game. Mr. Negative. We know that Mr. Negative's in. That's all I know. And I don't even know if those are going to be, we know Negative's going to be someone you fight. We don't know if you fight those other two. We don't know their involvement necessarily. Oh, dude, I I really hope we fight Kingpin. Yeah. Because, like, I remember I always thought it was just, like, the weirdest thing. I was like, how is Kingpin strong enough to just fight Spider-Man? It's like, he's just fat as hell. (laughs) And I hope they give us, like, big-ass, like, comic book Wilson Fisk, you know? like. I always loved in the the 90s Spider-Man show where they'd fight. And it was like, how does he just have him in a bear hug right now? What is, like, (laughs) Spider-Man is strong. He can, like, lift a car, and this is just a fat dude. <laughs> and then they try to say, like, oh, well, it's not fat, it's muscle. And I'm like, all right, well, if that's what you're going with. Dude, he's um, just, like, the big show. Like, <laughs> yeah, You know like what? Fucking... That's apt. That's very apt. Uh, Ghost of, of Tsushima is another game that Absolutely. I uh, didn't even remember until we talked about it a few minutes ago. But... I'm actually really looking forward to because I want to see what this is going to be. Um, and it's like we haven't seen anything really. Like we got that one trailer, but it wasn't even like a um, like it was just a hype trailer. Yeah, you know, like it wasn't even story or anything. It's just like, yo, we're making a game about samurais. It's like awesome, cool. Like <laughs> definitely, I, Sucker Punch is so good. So like, yeah, I'm can't wait to see more. I can't be the only person who doesn't give a shit about Death Stranding. I'm with you, dude. Like I, uh, especially like for me, I like, and I'm I'm super biased, I guess, because like I've never played a Metal Gear game. Like I respect Kojima, like as a you know, like as a figure, but I don't have any relationship to his art at all. So right. like, what we've seen of this has not excited me because it's nothing. Like it's just like. Norman Reedus has a weird robot fetus in a jar, and Guillermo del Toro's hanging out, and I don't know, whatever. I don't get it, uh, and I don't think anyone does. I don't think we're meant to yet, but no, we've been talking about this game for years, I feel like. It has been now. And we don't know anything, so I'm over it. I don't care at all. I cared yeah. at some point. I stopped. I'm not into it anymore. Um... See, like, I think the one thing that would actually make me care is, like, they said they're going to be, like, focusing on it. Like, if they actually show us gameplay that's compelling, that'll be interesting to me. But if they've got another 10-minute short film for me to watch, I'm not fucking interested. Right. I'll be tweeting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and I I do have an idea, now that I think about it, for what I would like to see come out of this that's unannounced. Mm-hmm. It's a new Mega Man X. I've been dying for that for a really, really long time. I would love to see a new Mega Man X game come out. I, I think I, I think that if they announced that, I'd be more excited about that. If it was, if it didn't have Axel, who I hate, uh, and if it was two D, I'd be more excited about that than pretty much anything else that could come out of E three. I wish they would do a reboot, like just have like a game that's just Mega Man X. And, like, just start fresh because, like, the last couple games in that series were really not good. And, like, 
I feel like a lot of Mega Man fans feel that way that you do, where, like, they don't like Axel, and, like, the voice acting was bad, and the stories were kind of off the rails, and it's like, let's, like, get back to basics and start fresh, and, like, even just, like, retell the first game, you know, like, and and, and just do some new stuff, but, you know, have the whole X-Zero dynamic, and I feel like that could be really successful. The mainline Mega Man series didn't need <coughs> that. I don't think the X series does either. I think it's easy to just say... Just just make the game, you know, and don't even acknowledge what happened otherwise. Because at the end of the day, we're not really playing these games for that anyways. We're playing it for the yeah. platforming and the coolness. So, yeah, I think just, just, just jump into it, whether it's a reboot, whether it, whatever it is, whatever they feel like doing, give me that Mega Man X goodness, and I will be very satisfied. Yeah, man, I, I don't think that's – I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Because I think, like, there's, there is a increased attention on Mega Man yeah. at Capcom that you, we haven't seen since Mega Man, like, 9 and 10 came out back, back on the Wii, you know? Like, uh, and that was a decade ago at this point, it feels <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it was, like, 2009. Know? Yeah, so, you know, the fact that we have Mega Man 11, the fact that they did the Legacy Collection 1 and 2, that they did this Mega Man uh, X Collection is coming. You know, we've got um, uh, 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 Mega Man 11. I just said Mega Man 11, didn't <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's another thing, I think. I don't know. Either way, all this stuff is happening, right? Like, oh, they're doing the cartoon. That's the other thing I was thinking of. Um, so it's like, it seems like they're paying more attention to that franchise than they ever have. And I don't. With the anniversary of Mega Man X and these collections, I feel like the idea of seeing an announcement for a Mega Man X isn't crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not the craziest thing I could have said. Um, I think this year it's probably unlikely, but next year maybe? Yeah, you're probably right. It's just, it'll never cease to amaze me that Capcom has such a disdain for the things that got them to where they are. Like... I just don't get it. I don't get it, but... I have to say, though, it really seems like they're getting their shit together now. Like, I like I, I know with the fighting games, it's still been a rough ride this last year, but, like, seeing some of the moves they're making elsewhere in the company have made me feel like they're getting back on the right track. Like, Monster Hunter was a really big success. I like what they're doing with Mega Man right now. Um... And I'd like to see them get their fucking shit together with their fighting games because that's always been, like, their pillar. But, like, you know, I I, 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 I have faith. I have faith that they're moving in a good direction. And maybe that faith is misplaced and it's just, like, optimism that's going to bite me in the ass. But I don't know. Like, I I like Capcom. I root for Capcom, you know? I mean, my roots are in Capcom. The problem is that Capcom... And this isn't a Capcom podcast, but the problem is that they just like, like they're the only gaming company that I know that I that I actually care about that just has this weird rocky situation going on all the time, um, and and but now presents an opportunity for them to really get get back in the groove. Like you said, they have had some success, so we'll see what they do with E three. It's possible they could put together a really good show, and I think if they do that and they promise us some games whether it's for this year or for next year that really look good and that are really exciting and that play on our nostalgia or something totally new. I think if they do those things, then they'll, they'll definitely come out as a big winner. They have an opportunity. 
Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you looking forward to? So, uh, we've already touched on some of the games I'm really looking forward to. Sony's offerings, um, whatever Nintendo's got to show for us, that's always exciting. Uh, but I think the um, the conference I'm probably most excited for is actually Ubisoft's this year. Uh, Ubisoft, to me, and I, I know you're not a big Ubisoft guy, um, but Ubisoft, to me, they've had a great year, you know, this last year. Like, they've had a lot of successes with, um, you know, they brought back Assassin's Creed to a lot of acclaim. They had all these examples of games of services being, or games as services being really successful and making them a lot of money. Right. And uh, they got away from Vivendi, like, they're totally independent again, you know. And I think uh, Ubisoft being scared of Vivendi made them make some of the best moves that they've made in the last several years. You know, we talked, Far Cry is the best-selling game of this year so far, right? Like, th- they're still on fire. And I'm excited to see, I feel like this E3 is going to be like a victory lap for them. You know, like, we did it. Like, we, like thanks to you, thanks to the fans. Like, we staved off this fucking, you know, uh, hostile takeover. <laughs> and, like, we've built this thing ar- around these games. And, ar- and we have all these ideas of how we're going to support them. And here's our next big idea for what's coming next. And I feel like it's going to be a good year for them, you know? And uh, I hope I hope they bring Aisha Tyler back. You know, she wasn't yeah, there last year. Yeah. She has a big legacy of hosting their conferences. She's a big fan of their games. I feel like bringing her back for this year, especially, like, when it is going to be a big celebration of Ubisoft, I think will be really cool. And I think they're going to have some good announcements for us. You know, they've got a ton of money right now. Uh, and I'm sure they fucking feel great. And they're looking to prove why they needed to remain independent. You know? Um, so I, I'm really excited to see some stuff from their Ubi Arts division, their indie stuff. They've done some really cool stuff in the like triple I indie space, uh, and we it's been quiet for a while. You know, they've really been focusing on on these big, big fucking games and services because that's where the industry's going, um, and they should, right? It's made them a lot of money and it let them save their fucking company. Uh, but now that they've done that and they have that cushion, I think they'll be able to focus on some of those littler projects again, and uh, and not worry about spreading their resources too thin. So um, I'm excited to see some more developments there as well. And I think Bethesda as well is another conference I'm really excited for. Um, them and uh, and I think Xbox are the two to answer my last question of like who do I think is going to surprise us. I think it's going to be them because they both uh, – it's time, right? Like I think Xbox isn't going to have anything to show us that's like soon, but I have – a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be the E3 showcase, uh, especially now that they're like doing that whole Xbox like second fucking area thing or whatever. Right. I, I really think that they're going to try and and sell us on. Um, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, their CEO. Um, oh jeez. Um, uh, I can't get Pete Hines' name out of my head because he's Bethesda's guy. We were just talking about um, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Thank you. Uh, Pete, Phil, pretty close. Um, so I, I think it's time to see Phil Spencer's vision. You know, they, uh, they already confirmed, I think that there won't be hardware announcements. Right. So what are they going to talk about? Games. That's all they can talk about. And I think we're going to see some key partnerships get announced. I think we're going to see, uh, some announcements of maybe some acquiring of some things, you know, like they have to fucking get us exclusive titles on xbox yeah it's time you know like or at the very least 
um, they need to show the path forward for the the vision of Xbox's future. And if that's not a new console, what is that? And it's got to be, you know, there's been the rumors we talked about of a Fable reboot. That seems like a really good possibility. You know, uh, I think um, a season two kind of rollout plan for like Sea of Thieves. That seems likely. You know, I think there's uh, maybe maybe we get the announcement of like a battle royale mode for Halo. I've seen a lot of people throw that around. Maybe that could be a thing that we get get an announcement of. Or maybe the next Halo, maybe the next Gears, like we saw the leak, right? Like they've got to have something. Right. Because what the fuck have they given us recently? They've canceled games. They've released games that have come out to lukewarm success. They've got to turn the ship around or turn the narrative around. Because overall, like, they're making money and they're doing all these pro-consumer moves that make them look good. They don't even need to have anything. They need to have fucking trailers. You know? That's all they need, I think. And and I, I think that they could get us on that alone because they've done so many good pro-consumer things lately. And I think that, like, they have they have faith from a lot of their base right now. And I think a lot of their base is getting frustrated. So I think coming out and being like, we get it, here's the next Halo, here's the next Gears, here's the next Fable, here's the next Viva Pinata, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) that I think will win them E3. Because Sony is coming out to show us more of what we've already seen. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, And Nintendo's the only other competition, and they're bringing what, one game, two games? If Xbox comes out and gives us, like, the PlayStation 4 uh conference we got like what two or three years 2014 right where it was like death stranding days gone horizon zero dawn god of war you know like and just and now none of those games came out until now we didn't give a shit yeah you know like if our fucking you know no man's sky that game sucked but it was game of the show because we were (laughs) hype they just need to hype us up you know and they can do that i really think they can so that i think is the one who's gonna really come out and surprise us um, I'm not actually a like I'm not really a big fan of Microsoft uh, or the Xbox. I don't own an Xbox One, and that's my choice. Um, me neither. That being said, though, and I, this is around the time every console cycle that I actually do end up getting the Microsoft console. This is about that time. Uh, yep. So the other thing is that I I actually watch the Microsoft conference very closely because since I don't own that console, I'm always interested in what moves they're making um, because I like to know what's yeah. going on. So they could, this is a this is when they could sell me on an Xbox One if they yeah. if they do the right things, if they say the right things, if they show off the right games. This is the time when I'm ready to buy one. And obviously, they're not looking for me specifically, but I think that. Um, there is a chance that people are like, okay, looking around. What else is out there? You've got your PS4. You're satisfied. You've got your Switch. You're satisfied. What's next for you? You know? Yep. And- no, but I, the thing is, man, I think they are looking for you exactly. I think me and you are their target demo. You know? We're highly activated gamers. We're, we have a podcast about video games. We pay attention to the news. We watch the conferences live if we can. You know? Like, we're, the, we're core gamers, And I already own a PlayStation 4 and a Nintendo Switch and a high-end gaming PC. So what the fuck does an Xbox offer me? Right. And if they can tell me that, and if they can sell us, they're going to sell a lot of other people like us. You know? That's a great point. Uh, But it's not going to be Gears 5. I'm telling you right now. You know? Like, it's got to be... Gears 5 has to be a pillar in that fucking, you know, coliseum that you're building. Like... 
that's a pop for some people. It's not a pop anymore on a big scale. Gears' relevance has waned in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Even Halo, man. Like, yeah. Halo's a big deal, but it's not a huge deal anymore. Honestly, you're right. I, I don't even care about a new Halo property. Uh, it's, and they could they could make me care about a new Halo, but on its face, I don't. It's got to be something, in my eyes, it's got to be something new. Some, I mean, something old, something new. You, you, put it, you put a package together, including those things. I think you've got an ace, um, an ace show for them. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I hope that, and this is a long shot, but I hope that we get an announcement of another project from Rare. Because Rare has been so quiet from them for so long, and I, I well, and you laugh because I know you're a Sea Thieves hater. But my my hope is that Rare has been grown enough over the development of Sea of Thieves that they're able that they have a Sea of Thieves team now that can continue to develop uh, content, you know, and support the game for the foreseeable future. While this other like B team or whatever was developing the next idea and now they're going to ramp that up you know um i i I would really like to see that as well like i think like maybe like a banjo kazooie return or something like that would be really cool um and maybe another throwback like i like i joked before but i would love if they announced another viva pinata and like that's not a game that needs a fucking hundred man team or person team excuse me uh to put together you know right um so that that would be I, I would that would be a huge pop for me. Like if they were like Viva Pinata, you could only get it on Xbox One. I'd be like, Yo, I'm fucking, I'm in, I'm in, dog. <laughs> All they need is a Viva Pinata to get you to buy an Xbox One. Straight up, wow, I would do it. Because <laughs> Games Pass is cool, dude. If- I, I'd get Games Pass for ten bucks a month or whatever. And fucking play all my fucking third-party games on it when they drop or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It'd be all right. If you're there already, you might as well just get an Xbox One. Because they're going <laughs> to... If, if Viva Pinata is where the bar is at, then I guarantee you come out of this show wanting an Xbox One. You don't know, dude. I'm a big Viva Pinata fan. Uh, so, so that's like... I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, regarding Rare, uh, they actually used to be my favorite developer when I was a kid because I didn't know much. Really? And I knew Perfect Dark. That was my favorite game. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah and what I, about a Perfect Dark reboot? No, because they're not going to do it right. They're not. Look at Perfect yeah, they, Dark Zero. That game is absolute trash. Yeah, but like, fuck that game. Who cares? Let's try again. All right. <laughs> I love Joanna. I love that world. I'll never like the experiences that I had with that game. I'll never forget. I think if they really did a if they did a bang up job and they presented it in a certain way and it had the charm that Perfect Dark is known for, that's something that would really really motivate me to want to get an Xbox One. There are no shooters that I'm playing right now. None at all. So you give me a wacky game like that uh, yeah. with that flavor and style, I would absolutely jump at the opportunity to play that again. I, I feel like that would work now, too, you know? Like, I feel like, um, you know, like, the idea of, like, uh, like, atmospheric sci-fi game, strong female protagonist, like, you know, Xbox exclusive, like, I feel like that would really be cool. Like, that could really... That narrative works, you know? It's like, <laughs> we're at a point now where, like, we're seeing more and more, you know... Like, just look at the success that Sony's had with that kind of game, you know? Like, having the story-oriented action game that's the exclusive that exists to sell consoles, you know? 
I would I would even venture to say that there, excuse me, that there is no game like Perfect Dark because it's it, it does have that that female protagonist, but it also has that quirkiness, right? It has that yeah. that style that's so it's different. weird. It's very weird. It's very off the beaten path, but it's that's rare. fun. Yeah, it, that is rare. Exactly. That's and, their thing. And so if they can give us that, that would sell me. And I, I, I don't know, man. I, I hope I hope it's the case. I hope we get an announcement of, of the the return of one of Rare's, like, valuable IP. Even if it's not developed by them. You know, like, I don't think they need to make the next Banjo-Kazooie. Maybe we got some other fucking little team that can do it. Or, like, Viva Pinata. Please make Viva Pinata. Uh... <laughs> And then uh, in terms of, like, what else I'm most excited to see, I think, um, oh, uh, Sean, your camera's out of focus. Can you just, there you go. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah, so then in terms of what else I'm, like, most excited to see is uh, just what else Nintendo's going to have for us. Because I do think we're going to mostly focus on Smash. Um, they've said as much. But, like, they've mostly focused on Mario and Zelda the last two years. But we got a lot of other cool stuff. Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime 4. I think we'll get something. Star uh, Fox. I really... Uh, I don't know, man. I, like... That, to me, that's a crazy wish list announcement. That's your crazy... Because I love Star Fox, but they have... Fuck that franchise into the ground. That's okay. Listen, we just talked about Rare and Perfect Dark. If you're willing to say that you want to see another shot at Perfect Dark, then Star Fox deserves a chance. Because... He deserves it. It's a simple concept. Give me Star Fox. Put me in a pilot. Put me as the pilot in a ship. Let me shoot. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. I will give you my money. Just let me do that. Yep. That's it. Yeah, dude. I totally agree. Imagine Ugh. the multiplayer. Imagine the online. Especially with Switch. What game is like that? I know. Well, that would be such a good thing, too. Like, with the the very, like... Like, the Switch is built for couch co-op. And, like, it actually works for it because it's fucking portable. Like, straight up, dude. Like, the other uh, the other day... Thompson and I, uh, we were we were doing a shoot, right? And we went to go get burritos beforehand. And at the fucking Chipotle, there's a couple, a couple of young hipster kids. They got their Switch there. They got the things off. They're playing Mario Kart. And I was like, Thompson, it's the commercial. It's we're seeing it. We're seeing it. We all laughed, but it's here. It's real, dude. And like Star Fox would so work. Yeah. Just don't let fucking platinum do it. Fuck platinum. Yeah, I don't know who did the the one for uh for that then the Wii U one. No, the sixty four, the one that was good. Oh, I don't know. That might have been. Let's let's find out. That might have been Nintendo EAD. Yeah, but just let get a real fucking studio on here, yeah, man. Absolutely, you give me that. Do like an open pitch process. You know, like let some indies pitch on it. It doesn't need to be a sixty dollar game. Yeah, whatever like, it is. Yeah, Star Fox sixty four, man. I I would I would love to see that. They've never beaten it. That's the problem. They've never, ever made a game that's better than that. Developed by Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development. Yep, that's EAD. There so that's, that's the main Nintendo team. That's why it was good. Well, let's do that. I I wish. Please. Like, that'd be great. I don't know, man. It's not impossible, but I, I just, I have worries. 
Um, but yeah, I uh, I think the idea of seeing something from Pokemon too seems likely because I don't think it's coming out this year. But if it is, obviously we're going to see it at E3. But Pokemon's not traditionally shown at E3. But they told us we'd get one last year, so that kind of throws everything out the fucking window. Right. I think I think you're right. I think the pillars of this E3 for Nintendo uh, have to be Smash. We know this. Um, I, I really I think you got to show more Metroid Prime. You have to show something, whatever it is. Um, and then... Then something off the wall, whether it is that Pokemon game, we know that there's something coming, but like you said, E3, not typically where they show that, um, or Star Fox, or something we're not even thinking about right now. Something special. Punch out, like something weird, (laughs) random like that. (laughs) Hey, Punch Out would be cool for the Switch, right? I love Punch Out, man. Yeah, yeah. And Punch Out on the Wii was good. It's like, yeah, like, let's do it, dude. Like, I, I love Punch Out. Um, that's one of my favorite Nintendo franchises. Uh, so funny, man. Yeah, I remember, like, the fucking... <laughs> I had it on the the Wii U, and that was, like, the first time I ever really played it, and I got it when they did, like, the... They did this thing where they put out a bunch of NES games for, like, 30 cents, and that was one of the first ones they dropped, and I was like, I'm, uh, I'm so into this fucking game. And I got so far into it, but I've still never beaten Mike Tyson, and it haunts me. <laughs> or not Mike Tyson, it's uh, Mr. Dream in this one, because it's they re-released it without the fucking right. licensing, obviously, at one point. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I would I would fucking love something like that. Or even like Duck Hunt. Like, Duck Hunt would be perfect on Switch with the gyroscope. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's get some of that shit back, man, you know? That's been the coolest thing about the Switch is that because of the design and the excitement surrounding it, you can des- you can take old concepts and make them fresh again. And that's why I think everything is on the table, including Star Fox. And Metroid, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I mentioned this before and I forgot to get into it because I got sidetracked with Xbox. But Bethesda is another one I'm really excited for just because Bethesda, they haven't put anything out in a while. You know, it's like Fallout 4 was a couple years ago. Uh, no word on when the next installment is for the Elder Scrolls. Uh, we know that they're working on, like, a new IP that's supposed to be, like, a sci-fi setting. So, like, I imagine, like, it's it's time to see something, you know? Like, and maybe not, but, like, they do E3 every year now, and they do the big show, and I don't know that we've actually gotten the confirmation that they're doing one yet, but uh, if they are, they gotta have something up their sleeve, you know? You know... Bethesda is interesting because I feel like for a few years they kind of ran the industry just in terms of their games were the biggest games. Like Fallout 3, I remember there was such a huge wave around that. And then obviously Skyrim is one of the the biggest games of all time, right? New Vegas 2 was a big deal. (laughs) New Vegas. Uh, So, um, but but you're right, they have been dormant. And to me, that's actually a positive thing because when it comes to a, a titan like that, you know, everybody's eyes are on what their next project is, and you want it to hit that mark. And so whatever they're working on, you know that it's gonna be timely, you know that it's gonna it's gonna blow people away. Uh yeah. and I think I think I remember you said that Fallout four wasn't wasn't received that well. Is that accurate? It was mixed, right? Like Fallout Four was received well when it came out, but I think the narrative around it kind of shifted in tone pretty quickly when like people got through more of it. Like the story wasn't as good that you know it it was just like a little bit like janky it's like a little bit like it it feels like a game that was made in a bubble right like Uh. it, it they used to be the standard by which you judged open world games and that's just not the case anymore well you know i i think i don't think that one 
mixed game should define their legacy, and I don't think it will. I think whatever I don't they, think it does. Yeah, I think whatever they do next, people's people are going to be looking forward to it, and I definitely think that right now would be a great time to make a splash. Um, although, although to be fair, right now the market is very cluttered. There's a lot of great stuff coming out, but I highly doubt that whatever they say is if they do announce something here is is out this year. I, no, so, no, no. So in that case, they could they could they could stake their claim on 2019 and say, "Hey, this is our space." You know, that'd be cool. Or even or even 2020 if it's a sure. big enough game. Yeah, it doesn't you know? matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I I think I think that's totally uh, realistic. Um. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I hope that that's the case from them. And then like all of their sub studios like have put out something really recently so it's time for the next announcement yeah. you know like arcane uh who's one of my favorite developers right like they just did prey and then the the dishonored 2 little like sequel mini thing that they did death of the outsider both of those came out like last year or the year before that um so you know what's up from them next and uh we've also got uh id you know the the people behind doom Doom 2? Wasn't the Rage 2? Wasn't that from them? Oh, Rage 2 would be from them. That was an id game. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah, so we are getting Rage 2, obviously, because we got that thing from Pete. Yeah. So maybe, you know, but uh, 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 Machine Games just did Wolfenstein 2. I'm sure they don't necessarily have their next thing to pitch us, but like maybe they do. You know, it's like maybe they had the team in pre-pro and they have the trailer at least, right. you know? So I don't know. Like I, I think there's there's a lot to look at from them because they have all these projects that just wrapped. So they got to have something to get us wet our whistle, you know. Remains to be seen, but I think what what we can say is that uh, this is an E3 that feels like the door is wide open for lots of different things, and that makes it super exciting being on the outset and wondering what are we gonna get because anything yeah. could happen right now. Yep, it feels that way anyway. And and the the funny thing is that like the most disappointing scenario is we get no new stuff and all the shit we're seeing is already fucking cool. You know, and it's like and obviously we're getting new stuff at D3, but all the stuff that we're promised is already exciting enough. Exactly. Like, so fuck it. It's going to be a great it's going to be a great one, I think. Yeah. Um yeah, and just to put a period on this, in case you weren't aware, my crazy wish list announcement, it's Viva Pinata 3, everybody. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's get it! Oh, or God. or we find out we find out that Game Freak's been listening to uh, my fan fictions about well, how they should develop Pokemon, and I finally get the Pokemon game of my dreams. I'm going to go with a no on Viva Pinata and a no on Pokemon. All right, Sean. I used to call Andy Brown the, sl- the hype slayer, but I guess that's you now. <laughs> yeah. It's whatever. That's why they're my crazy wish list announcements. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, so if you guys want to let us know what you think is going to happen at this year's E3, remember that you can hit us up at the co- <laughs> the video game pals at gmail.com. Are you, are, and, are, uh, you, are you Andy? I remember last week Andy was kind of, you know, he was kind of struggling too with the uh... – Honestly, I was so nervous I was gonna fuck it up because I knew you'd rip me up, rip on me for it, and I just fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> Happened. Uh, I started thinking about it, and it's like I know this the rigmarole. I wrote it. 
So if you want to let us know what you think about E3, hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com. Uh, follow us at the comics pals, wherever your social media is sold, and you can hit us up there as well. Let us know in the comments down below. Um, any of that stuff, we'll we'll find your comments, we'll read them. And uh, let us know what you're most excited for. What are you? What What are your crazy wish list announcements? And we'll tell you how crazy they are. That's right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, who who's whose conference are you most hyped for? I think uh, is is the question on everybody's mind. So let us know. We'll read them on the air. And um, yeah, you can write in with like you know your random questions, any of that other stuff. You know, you you know the stuff at this point. Uh, so before we get out of here, we'll do our plugs, which will be exceptionally short this week, <laughs> Sean. Uh, so, you can always catch me on the Comics Pals, uh, which drops the day before this. This week, we are talking about DC's bad week and whether or not there's a crisis Mm. over there in the DC universe. Um, in addition, I did want to say, hey, uh, Deadpool is a character who many of you may be familiar with. He did have a video game. Uh, and so we are promoting the Deadpool Cares Package, which is a giveaway that we are doing, the first of its kind for us, where we are giving away 10 different trades, all compiled to be the Daniel Way run on Deadpool. Um, one of the runs that really kind of brought the character into the spotlight. So if you want to catch up with that, all you have to do is jump over to YouTube, uh, watch our Avengers Infinity War review, which is episode 79 of the Comics Pals, and just leave us a like, drop us a comment telling us what your favorite scene from the movie was, and uh, share and subscribe to our channel. Uh, it's free to do, costs us Cost you nothing, it helps us out a lot more, so just go ahead and do that, and it'll enter you to win the Deadpool Cares Package. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox. There you go. Uh, and then just real quickly for all the others, Peggy, she is everywhere. So just go follow her on Twitter at Mariah O.W. That's M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. Uh, she had it before the Overwatch character. There you go. Uh, so then we got Andy. He is Tiger underscore millions. You can go uh, tell him you did an okay job hosting last week. Give him a little shit, actually. Give him some stuff. Give, give him some give shit. Give him a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. And then uh, you can follow Thompson at Relic. Relic. Jesus Christ. Uh, at Relic Vampire. Uh, and you can catch him on Pals Play with me Monday through Thursday, whenever the technology allows, streaming over on twitch.tv slash thecomicspals every Friday night. Uh, well, not every Friday night, as I just disclaimed. Um <laughs> And uh, I don't even know what we're playing this week. Yeah, I can't plug anything. I don't remember. What we had to figure it out. Um, yeah, and that's all for him. So then if you want to catch me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Comics Pals with Sean. You can find me on the Riverdale Review, uh, our weekly Riverdale Review show. We've got two episodes left before the end of the season, so go check that out. We're going to have a big finale for you um, coming up, so that's going to be a fun time. And then uh, catch me on Pals Play with Thompson, and that's it. Cool. <laughs> All right. So with that, it's going to wrap up episode 80. 80. That, it's Whoa. the Comics Pals again. What am I doing? What's going I don't on? even host that show. Jesus Christ, you guys. I'm sorry. It's been a hard day. Fucking thanks for joining us here on episode 55 of the Video Game Pals. We will see you next week. Take care, guys. <laughs>